This generation has been causing us to tear out our hair. But I am a millennial. Every fucking time one of them does the slightest little thing, they fucking celebrate as if they fucking accomplished something huge. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial. So I want everything to evolve around me. Self-interested. Unfocused. Lazy. Millennial. The most educated generation we've ever had. Millennials put a lot of value in development. We want free food and beanbags. I've been drinking a lot of alcohol-free beer lately. So you have no FOMO, you're not going out, drinking alcohol-free beer. What's next, Rasmus? I don't know, but it sounds boring. <laughs> it's probably going to be boring as hell. <laughs> I mean, it feels like you're you're still enjoying it, though. It's no? not more than 10 minutes ago I was lying on the floor for an hour with a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> Under your hamstring. No, yeah, exactly. is it called hamstring? It is called hamstrings. Yeah. Because I, I fucked up my back, my lower back. I just work the whole okay. thing. Everything is broken. Everything is broken. The but system is broken. Way. The system is broken. Preach. Hello and welcome to the... Oh, which one? Fifth episode. Is it fifth? It is fifth. It is fifth. Yes. Yep. Millennials at That's work. That's a milestone. Uh, fifth Give is a five. magical number. Hi. Well, yes, it's cool. Because today we're going to talk about Hybrilent in our podcast, which is called Millennials at Work. Yes. Millennials at Work is all about exactly that. Millennials at Work. What do we want from our managers? How to manage us? You are hearing from two millennials. It's Edith and Rasmus here. Um, and we are currently at your work, actually. We, we changed the room. This, yeah. is, this is new. It's, Do you like it? Do you like the new setting? We're sitting we're, in the kitchen. My favorite space at my work. We're in open space now. Very yeah. millennial. But that's true. We're talking about the Hyper Island. That's something that we have mentioned maybe far too many times in this podcast. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, there are some reasons why we have mentioned it so much. One of them being that that's, uh, that's uh, where we met and uh, where we studied together in the same uh, program not that long ago at all. Uh, so we're freshly graduated um, and being there for two years and seeing all of that and going through the hyper journey obviously uh, makes us mentioning that quite a lot. But then we thought that, okay, that's, that's cool that we have, our, we have our own lingo, but we probably need to tell others what is it, what is it about. So this is an invitation into what is Hyperilent. And uh, to briefly explain Hyperilent, mm. it's a creative business school, started 21 years ago. And it's a different kind of school. It has no Very books, different. no mm. teachers, no homeworks, a, the bit best homework. part, a bit of homework, but yeah. no reading homework. Yeah. Um, and um, we learn about how to create effective teams, I would say, is the overall red threat of Hyper Island. And then alongside that red threat is a lot of areas or categories within the digital creative industry. Hmm. I think it's also important to mention that we will talk about the 
school part of Hyper Island, and but it's actually um, it's also a business. It's also a business. It's also a consultancy, and it's also a worldwide network. So yeah. we both uh, went to Hyper Island as the school in Stockholm, but it actually started twenty years ago in Karlskrona, which is a small island in Sweden. Uh, island. I don't know if that's an it's island, a city. but it, it's a city. <laughs> it's, it's, I just I it's, it's a city, but the school is on an island. That's why it's called Hyper Island. I think. No, that's not true. No, it is true. It is true because it's in a it's in an old prison, and the prison is on a small island okay. in a small city called Karlskrona. Good. Very we'll get that settled. good. Yeah, we have that settled, and we're talking about the school part. Exactly. And there's so many different things what people say about Hyper. It's a cult. It's a weird place. It's a good place. It's a hipster island. It's it's a lot of things, and this episode is for all all of those who have no idea and those who have some kind of notion and thoughts thoughts about it for all the haters and lovers and maybe prospective students yeah. as well. So you kind of understand what it is a bit more than we did before we got in. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's not uh, too hard to get there, I guess, because we didn't know anything. Not at all. No. But before we dive into Hyper Island, let's do a check-in. Yes, let's do that. Should we tell the listeners what a check-in is? I think we should tell us what's check-in. So a check-in is something that you and I learned at Hyper Island. A check-in is a way for the participants to share something about themselves, how they're currently feeling, something that's on their mind, something that's holding them back. It could be whatever. Uh, the purpose of it is to land in whatever you're doing, both Physically, that you are here, but mm. also mentally that we build some kind of relationship with each other mm. and we uh, get a grasp of, okay, so where are people? For instance, mm. if I were to check in feeling extremely low on energy, uh, in a bad mood, then you would know that for the for the rest of this podcast that mm. if I seem a bit low, that's, that's, there's, an that's explanation there's an explanation to that. But today's check-in question, because you can check in with different things. Yes. And today it is, what have you learned lately? Yeah, learn by doing. That's, that's also one one hyper thing. I learned by doing one thing uh, this week. Um, I went to the gym. I went to the spinning class. I was really pumped about that. I wasn't actually pumped. I wasn't really feeling it, but I was like, I, w- I will, I will go for it. And then uh, just before the class, I uh, I saw myself. Spinning in the- is also a bit cult-ish, isn't it? You know, I really want to go to one of those classes that are cultish, that yeah. when, where there's like the guy who's like, come on, <laughs> spin to the heaven, you can do this, just yeah. 10 more kilometers. Exactly. Uh, I mean, in, the ones that I've been here are very like mellow. Okay. Yeah, They do have like very fun music, yeah. but um, the trainers are like a bit more chill. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. Um, just before the class, I saw myself in the mirror and I was like... I am super pale, like not healthy looking person. So going go in, in the class and uh, the music starts blasting, people sweating around, not really sweating yet because it was like the first four minutes. So it's basically the warm up and nothing really is happening. Your pulse is not supposed to go up super much. And I understood that or I felt really, really bad from the very beginning. You know, the feeling before you faint, that kind of uh, thing. And Got really uh, scared. Previously, when these things have happened, I've like just kind of kept doing what I'm doing mm. and uh, fainted. <laughs> so this time, I learned that hey, maybe what people write in the magazines about listening to your body and Ooh. yeah, hear hear your soul. 
maybe I should like go by that and actually leave the room. So I think it was quite weird for other people to see this girl leaving in like third minute of the spinning class. But I don't care. Good. I was like, I'm going. And then I eat a peanut butter bar and I'm alive. Peanut butter. I didn't faint. Good. That's that's what I learned this week. The last thing I learned. Yeah, I think good. it was. I think that uh, I have the same. Where it's, I don't want to leave the room because it's a bit awkward and a bit yeah. like embarrassing, so hard stupid. for my ego, and it's just stupid. Just leave yeah. the room. So good on you. Good job. Because then I thought, like, what if I faint and my, you know, and then you thought of like, it's, I think of bad scenarios. Emba- embarrassing. Yeah, because your 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 legs are like uh, fa- fast. <laughs> 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 in the spinning thing there's like how do you even how can yeah. you i will break my legs as well oh that would be super awkward right now. yeah no better just leave yeah good what, job thank you what did you learn i um recently finished a uh, a book which is called the power of moments uh how to create powerful moments um and uh i learned a lot from that like it's you can divide it into four categories Either you can elevate an experience, mm. you can create a uh, moment of insight where you realize something. Uh, you can also create a moment of proud of pride uh, where you're uh, being extra uh, courageous or you're proud of yourself, of your accomplishment. Mm. Uh, and then uh, connection that you share something with together with others. So those are the four like pillars Types of... Types of uh, moments. No. Yeah, exactly. Like Those are the four things that you can think about when creating powerful moments. Is it good for like party planning? Because it sounds like yeah, how think, to create yeah, like good definitely. moments. Mm? Shouldn't be the main reason, but uh, for me in 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 the work that I do, like creating user journeys and these kind of things, um, it, there was a lot of fun insights. There's yeah. one thing really great. Uh, fun example is that a okay hotel in Miami, I think, creates something that um, they called the the popsicle hotline, where at the pool you can go up to an old telephone booth. Of course, an old telephone. Old telephone booth, yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Like the whole experience needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Grab the phone and then it says, "Hello, it's the popsicle hotline," <laughs> and then you can say, "Hey, I would like to order a popsicle," and then a waiter comes in uh, and gives you a popsicle on a civil platter with. Uh, Is uh, he in wa- rollerblades? No, but he's uh, wearing a uh, wide glove. Okay. Okay. Uh, th- those are the things that you remember. Yeah. Like you remember the end of an experience and the peaks, mm-hmm. whether those are good or bad. Yeah. Well, I hope that there will be some powerful moments in this podcast. <laughs> I hope there's some peaks. Oh, so much pressure now. Uh, but one thing that had a lot of powerful moments, I think, was our <laughs> was Hyper Island and yeah. uh, and and our whole great time bridge. there. Eddie. Thank you. I was. Uh, why uh, was it so powerful? Also, why do you, dear millennials and other people, <laughs> need to need to hear about it? Is that they're really trying to do a very different kind of education that can be seen as uh, very innovative, uh, very adjusted to the world that we live uh, nowadays. In many ways, hypers definitely led the way for that. Definitely. But um, should we start with just talking about what we touched a bit on that, but what is Hyper Island for us? Or like maybe we can give it like a definition or something. There's so many out there. Yeah. But there's a good one. Uh, there is one that, uh, that we found that uh, I, I think kind of ticks a lot of boxes. It says that it's a school for learning digital skills for the creative industry. And as you said, there are no books, no tests, no teachers. People learn by doing, through failing, 
reflecting and doing again in a new way. And I think like the most important maybe here is that Hyper Island focuses on whole human learning and people are the most important part of the creativity. Team is everything. Team is everything. Yeah. What I really um, take away from that is the the human aspect of it and the reflection part of it. In most schools, the focus is to sit on your ass, read a book, uh, get some kind of knowledge. Yeah, summarize the book, give in the summary, get the grade. And when Mm. living in such a complex world, nothing is right or wrong. You need to be able to think on your feet and come up with different solutions. And I think that that's where Harbor Island is really great doesn't offer you one solution it gives you a perspective and it's up for you to reflect on what do you think is the best answer for whatever question you're trying to solve so how does a normal day look like edita a normal day at hyper it's like one of those things you both eddie g and edita you sometimes say eddie as well yeah i also say eddie it's fine. I can I can have three. A normal day. It's. Uh, I only have one name. No, you have two. I I, I remember I I tried to call you Noah. Yeah, that's true. At the beginning, it kind of didn't fly. I don't know why. It felt because everyone else was calling you Rasmus, so yeah. I was like, it doesn't work. Would you like me to call you Noah? No, you can call me whatever <laughs> you want. Rasmus Noah. Should I call you in your full name? No, don't that's do that. <laughs> Go back to the show. <laughs> Typical day in Hyper Island. Exactly. It's uh, one of those things when you need to say, oh, there's no typical day. It's kind of true a bit because it really matters what you're doing. But I guess the the main thing to, to start from and to say here is that how the, the program is divided is in these so-called modules or you can call them projects, I guess, as well. Um, and they can be different kind of themes like user experience or self-development, professional development or um, strategy and data and so on. And your time really depends on uh, whatever your industry leader has figured out for you. What is an industry leader? That's, I guess, uh, that's the teacher. That's the teacher where they say that you don't have. (laughs) Or that's the expert that has created the whole module. I think the whole purpose of bringing in industry leaders is that Normally, you have a teacher that teaches four to five different classes. And what Hyper Island believes is that there can be no one who's experts in everything. Mm. So let's try to get an expert within whatever we want to uh, teach that specific day. So the industry leader creates the whole program for that module and then brings in other industry leaders. So for instance, if we do uh, with um, experiment with tech... We get someone who's really great at coding hmm. and we get one who's great at doing uh, Arduino, which is this small little robot. Uh, then we get one who's really great at uh, motion, uh, visual, hmm. something like that. So really get experts within each one of them. And the whole thing about the no teachers, no books, no, no, no lectures, that was something that I actually had no idea about until the day of... Ad- the admissions day which came as a shock a bit but you're just sitting there being like oh so this is what i'm going for no no that's fine because it sounds super cool i mean who wouldn't want that but uh, it's how you look at it of course at the end of the day of course there are people coming in and telling you stuff and of course there are specific times when you need to be there because it's like either a seminar or workshop and so on for me it was great i hate yeah 
reading. That's not true. I don't hate reading books, but I, the whole uh, writer and academic academic paper and these kind of things is not mm. really my thing because I'm not that smart. That's we, but we both did academic uh, <laughs> studies before. Right? That's true. Yeah, so we were done with it. <laughs> done. But within those uh, modules, we also get clients. Yes. So we solve uh, specific uh, client briefs for for real clients, and work in teams. Mm. So uh, within those two to four to six weeks, we learn a lot within the specific module, within the specific field. And then depending on what that module is about, we get a brief that is related to that. So that could be a user experience project for a, for a client, mm. uh, so to say, create a new website or create a new use the journey for mm. whatever just to give an example yeah we and had really good one at the in the strategy and data yeah uh, last year uh when it was um when we had to do an evil data yeah. project yeah. which was uh, how would you use data or collect data in an evil way that yeah that works yeah exactly. actually can uh, create a business around that yeah it was hard Because it, really it also difficult. became a, a conversation about so what is actually evil, mm. what is unethical, mm. uh, where's the where's the line between that? I think from the business point of view, or what Hyper gives you as like a professional, the the, the best thing about it is uh, working with real clients the whole time. So you kind of like get. Uh, at least halfway real experience, uh, which other schools don't do. But from a personal point of view, the best thing is working in teams always and even if you're a person even though it can suck also it can really suck and even if you're a person but who's that's like, also the learning part it's like i mean i was a person who thought that this just won't work like teams oh but it worked out well now i cannot work without teams maybe that's <laughs> also a problem <laughs> now it's upside down but uh, talking about teams then there's the whole thing about we always work together and or we always work together we plan or we plan our time together uh, and you and your team are responsible of how you end up uh, in the project in the sense of like you have four weeks plan it out as you want and if you want to work together work together if you can figure out how to do this from home work from home most people are there every day um, the whole day every day It is quite intense and you want to do a good job, I guess. Um, but one thing is the the whole time management and project management and all those things what you learn. But also how to work together as a team. And then a typical day can be also having this so-called uh, TDS session or team development session. And you have facilitated some of those, mm. I know, for the new students. Yeah. You want to explain what is a team development session? Yeah, definitely. So we talked a bit about it before that... Being a part of a team is really understanding each other's needs and expectations as professionals and, and, and humans. And that um, we have different ways of looking at the world. Uh, we have different ways of uh, working and we need to know each other and know what each other wants. Um, when I have a specific, when I do something, then um, my teammates know why I do it because I've shared it already. And a team development session is a planned one to two hour session where the talk or where the team talk about um, how things are, um, the problems that they have, the challenges that they have, what works really well. Uh, really try to see, okay, let's stop for a second um, and just focus on the team. How are we doing? Do we need to change some things? 
Um, and um, yeah, I facilitated some of those uh, sessions for mm. the new students. Mm. And uh, it's always, always fun. Every time when you go into the room, you feel like, ah, we don't really need this. Like, mm. we can just like continue working on. And then you go out like a whole different team. Yeah. Everyone has cried or argued or whatever has happened inside. It's kind of, it's a very magical moment. That's, yeah. that's, oh, this sounds. I've never left the TDS without mm. feeling that was worth it. Yeah. It's always been worth to just talk about things, yeah. either to uh, solve a conflict or just to confirm some things, just to like give some good feedback to each other. Like, hey, I really love what you're doing. Uh, you're doing a great job just to build that relationship. Mm. Um, and one of my key uh, takeaways from a TDS is that you need to create that space. Mm. I mean, you need to actually say, okay, now we're going to sit down and talk about these kind of things and creating that emotional space where people can talk about feelings, conflicts, success, challenges, weaknesses, whatever it might mm. be, uh, that you allow people to to talk about it. Um, and I think that is actually one of the things that uh, it feels like hypers students who go afterwards, alumni, let's put it that way, uh, maybe struggle quite often uh, when going into the workplace and understanding that 99.9% of time there isn't obviously space for that and time and also not a toolbox how to do it because one thing what is important to mention is that it's not like you go in and someone says talk they take in uh, these external facilitators as you did as well and and they kind of show you in what uh, kind of methods uh, that are taking from different kind of uh thought leaders and schools and military and so on mm. uh, things that uh, have proven that they work they take those and kind of implement in that situation make the whole process from that it is at the end of the day quite structured yeah, in that sense definitely. and it's totally possible to do it in the workplace it's just that it, it takes time and money yeah. <laughs> you know and and then when you go out and you're you've seen how it works and how it influences or like affects teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be tricky to understand like that oh, this won't happen again or I need to really work for it to happen. But what to do? <laughs> but it is hard to convince people that it's worth it. It is normally I'm, I'm met with this. We don't have time or uh, ah, we'll do it next time or something mm. like that. And um, I think that's very normal. I mean, like we, we thought that as well when we went to school, it is kind of like, ah, we'll skip it. Let's just work yeah. because it's easier. Uh, and we need, we have deadlines and people have deadlines. But as uh, once again, I'll say it again, like I've never walked out of a TDS session feeling mm. like that was not worth it. If you ever feel like having a TDS session after hearing this. Call me. Carl Rasmus or yeah. um, write us. We're open for business. <laughs> Millennials at work. Millennials underscore at work on Instagram. By now, I think it's very clear that uh, Hyper Island has done some brainwashing on us and, and has affected us uh, a great deal. Yeah. Like, we've obviously changed, and I guess people can hear that we're quite pro the whole experience. But what are the, if you kind of like paint the picture, how have you changed uh, through, the, through our time there? For me, it's been a much bigger personal change than a, than a professional one. 
And I think, of course, those two are very linked. And the things that I do now in my professional career is linked to what I've learned as a person. But I've become so different. And I've heard that for so many of my from so many of my friends, mm-hmm. like that I've changed a lot. And some of the things that I've changed is that um, this uh, this reflection part, actually thinking about my actions, how they affect other people, mm. how they affect me, uh, if these are the behaviors that I actually want to to have, learn from what I'm doing and actually thinking about other people's feelings and my own feelings. I used to be a real asshole when working in teams <laughs> from my prior education. What was your role? I was the dominant uh, male asshole, really. Nice. And made people cry and like it was I was really not a nice guy I'm painting also a very hard picture now but I was compared to who I would like to be I was not I was not a nice guy thinking too much about the project and the goal and the creating the really great project instead of actually focusing about the the people within the team and and getting something out of those people and that has of course reflected to me not only when working in teams but also uh, with all of my friends uh, I'm very aware of like listening to them, uh, making sure that uh, I like dig deep in there when they say something. I'm like dissecting, like, so why do you think that? And like, how does your friends? Yeah, take, how, how do your friends think that? It's it's. They, uh, I don't think that they know um, that I'm that I'm consciously doing it, but it's so they just like Rasmus changed a lot. What the yeah, fuck happened? yeah, exactly. What did they do with him in Stockholm? And now it like I'm bringing it also into my family and like trying to get my parents to open up in a bit more like uh, so mom tell me about this like how did that make you feel and like these kind of things it's it's insane how much can it affect you on a on a personal level I mean my th- the story is quite similar it's it starts from understanding like or me understanding that oh reflection oh my thoughts oh mm. there are some yeah what, what, what the is, hell this? is this and then you go into this like identity crisis thing like yeah. i think most of the people experience that yeah. under that time under the studies where you're like who am i this is awful <laughs> i think too much i really at one point you feel like you just think too much and you yeah. um which is fine because it goes over but it's kind of like you know that the macbook uh, rainbow circle of death <laughs> it's the reflection circle of death yes. and you're like i <laughs> can't get like, out why do you think that what does that mean what does that mean <sighs> so that's what i'm thinking where's and- the restart but then, no, but it, it can be um, very draining at first because you're just not used to it. Or may- some people are maybe better at reflection, but I that was really new to me. And it's it can be very emotional. And then how it changes your perception of your friendships. And mm-hmm. I mean, in the same in my family, like I talk different to my parents now or I try. And um, in some ways it comes naturally. In some ways I just like try things on them and it's uh, scary but it works but then then from the professional point of view um as i said before like thinking that i can do things on my own just give me assignments i rather not work with people because i know best that was me before and now it's it's 180 so it's um yeah i don't actually want to make the decisions really i want to I want to work in a team. I want to lead people. I want to, you know, all of those things. And uh, 
that really came from from the school and being put into those again and again in those situations where you need to battle through and and do a good teamwork and then you see the progress and you see the power of it it's uh, sound doesn't sound like a school right it doesn't sound it sounds I think it's important <laughs> to say like it the, the these are the things that you and I learned a lot and then of course we've also learned about how to be creative how to think creatively about uh, data, about strategy, about new tech, about client relationships, yeah. about um, all these kind of things that's within the digital industry. Mm. But those are also things that you can read in articles or in books. And, exactly. and that's not what makes, that's really not what makes Hyper Island special. No. It's the self-development yeah. that lies within creating effective teams. A lot of people get annoyed because when you go in, you most don't know what really no, stands exactly. uh, before them. Mm. And then... Uh, I thought it was an advertising school when I applied. Yeah, me too. I, and I thought there will be like graphic design or something yeah. like that. And they don't, they don't teach you any kind of hard skills no. i mean most we had was a bit of coding which yeah. was like very low level mm. thing um but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of criticism uh in, at some times around that yeah. during the year um that shouldn't we learn programs and shouldn't we learn these kind of things but the the thing is you can be anyone you want and you can learn that from whatever is out there the main thing is how you work in the teams if you learn that then you're safe then you're good to go I like that idea, even though I agree, sometimes it can be quite annoying when you go out and you're like, oh, I actually don't have anything. Like, no. What can I actually do? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's also what a lot of uh, graduates uh, meet. Mm. Like, so what is it that you do? What is it? <laughs> you can work great in a team, but how the hell am I gonna, how am I going to earn money on that? Yeah. So if you, that's also the frustration that... Um, that I also felt uh, like, so sure, this is wonderful, but what am I going to do? Like, wh what's my role? What am I actually going to to sell to possible uh, companies? I guess like a lot of, if we talk a bit about the criticism yeah. towards uh, the words hyper and maybe not the, not the... The bad stuff. The bad stuff. Yeah. It's that time. Which there is. Of it's course, not perfect. Of course there is. <laughs> One thing is... Um, I think when you're in that bubble, and it really is a bubble, in this uh, kind of, you collectively pump yourself up and you collectively believe in yourself and believe in your skills and believe in your, that you will go out and change the world uh, so much that when you go out and change it, sometimes you're a bit too much into the whole um, changing and being the best and stuff. Like there's quite a lot of cases out there uh, when people go and look for being like internship as a creative director, you know, and these kind of art director internships and stuff like that, which if you don't have any previous experience and any hard skills and just like the hyper thing, it's, it's a bit over it's it's a bit of a far reach and um, I think all of that ambition and drive that uh, we're pumped to have is super great because it can help you a lot of times there is a part of that reputation being a bit cocky and a bit entitled and seeing ourselves as like come on but we're we're from this amazing school you don't even know what we've learned no. come on give me the job you know yeah so that can be a bit hindering I think sometimes as well yeah I think that's true we build up a Quite, quite the amount of self-confidence uh, to some extent and we are being told that we are from Hyper Island so we mm. can change the world. Mm. 
and I think some some people, myself included, has uh, those high uh, thoughts about myself mm. that I can do whatever. Um, but I also have also uh, heard and experienced about other people that imposter syndrome uh, yeah. that it's like uh, I'm not really there. Uh, I'm. I'm. Um, when like you like once you get out, then yeah, you exactly. Get to like there's this expectation that you're from hybrid. You're supposed to do whatever coding or visual uh, graphic design or something mm. like that. Like anything else in this world, there's grades to it, yeah. but there's definitely some uh, some um, hyper island big egos out there, uh, myself uh, included. And I think that Eddie, Eddie G, you're also in Damn. that in that pool. It might be, yeah. One thing that I've noticed about myself is that uh, how my impatience level has uh, gone down even more. Okay. <laughs> I think with the with the jobs and managers and and all of that stuff. Uh, I should be a bit more patient because I'm entering the job world. I should be able or I should be willing to work somewhere for a few years to kind of work up my skills and all that stuff. And you're saying that to yourself, but you're not really believing it or? Um, no, I, it just doesn't work because when I go in the workplace, I'm like, I want everything fast. Mm. I don't understand why things doesn't work like they should. Uh, I don't get to do this and that what I want. Maybe I should quit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's it's very... Uh, it escalates very fast and I maybe it's again a millennial problem you know that we yeah. feel like we if we don't uh, like this we can just uh, skip it the next it. day delivery if yeah. we don't get it the next day we're not gonna buy it exactly I think I got more of that after hyper because I got so self-confident that why should I be at a place where I don't feel 100% and when I'm with my pragmatic mind here sitting and thinking I know how it sounds but sometimes this is the just, reflection part this is the reflection this part this is the reflection part where you and I both sit with a like welcome to our tedious yeah, session yeah <laughs> like one thing that I also want to mention about Hyper Island is that because of all of this reflection a lot of this we give feedback to each other in the teams we receive feedback of course as well that's hard it's, yeah. it can be hard to open up yourself uh, like that and that's also why a lot of people uh, burn out mm. and get stressed and uh, get maybe even more confused mm. after applying to Hyper Island that, than they were before and I think that it can be a very mentally hard school be also because of the the uh, the branding of the whole like now you're a Hyper Island mm. student uh, you need to be able to do all these kind of things you need to live up to to lead the change and seize your potential and all these kind of things mm. it is a lot of pressure mm. that we uh, put on ourselves mm. Th there needs to be also respect for those people yeah as much as a <laughs> hippie drum circle as it sounds it's still a very intense experience that you have and many schools are intense but it's in a different way yeah, exactly. in a very emotionally draining way also you see around very ambitious people all the time and obviously you get affected by that in in some ways there's a lot what they they give with all these tools and talking and stuff like that and sometimes when you feel really down yeah, sure, you have people to go and talk to, but there has been quite a lot of cases where where it goes a bit maybe too far and yeah. and no one really knows how to help them no. like anymore because it can be really, really tough. Harsh. One thing that I also want to mention while we're on the um, what's shitty about Hyper Island <laughs> is that it doesn't lead to any, and it's also a good thing, but it doesn't lead to any specific career choice or career path. 
Yeah. Especially our program, which is very broad. Mm. You try a lot of different things. And the purpose of that is, of course, to try a lot of things to figure out what is it that I want to do? What is it that I don't want to do? For some people, that works out great. You figure out, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm gonna, just going to do that. But for, but for many people, and, and also for me, it was just... <laughs> Two, never two, two weeks before I got my job, I yeah. was like, what the hell am I going to do with this? I, I can't do anything. And if if people have this expectation that I'm going to go in and then I'm going to become a great designer or copywriter or strategic person, you're not going to be taught that. You need to do that on your own. Exactly. That's also where the internship comes in, of course. Yeah. Where that This is where you can also develop. It, it is quite broad. That also puts pressure on the whole like even more yeah. mentally uh if you have a hard time explaining your mom what you're doing you know <laughs> how do you get a job <laughs> how do you oh, explain that's so spot on. it's yeah. like and I think it can be... that's and that's something that a lot of people struggle with like yeah, so what is it that you do i don't know mm, mm. i reflect and like come yeah. up with great <laughs> ideas i think is that something i know that myself you very well now <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah Every shitty thing is a good thing in it, right? Definitely. And every good thing has That's a shitty a thing in it. And it's like it's 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 hard to put it in these like boxes. And for us it's been a it's been a great experience. Of course we're part of a cult. We, I mean, yeah. that's the reputation it has quite a lot, uh, at least in Sweden uh, or or in the Nordics, uh, where it has. It's not very known in Denmark. No, because no. you have your own. You have Chaos Pilots. We have the Chaos Pilots, yeah. which I can also recommend. I've mm. know a few people who went there. Yeah. So if you're not willing to move to Stockholm or Karlskrona, should look into Chaos Pilots. Is it in Aarhus? It's in Aarhus. Aarhus. Great city. Also, mm. yeah. went to folk high school there. Iho. For the people listening, Itats High School in Aarhus, great school. <laughs> if you want to go to a high a folk high school, go there. Say hi to Henrik Luschel for me. Great guy. <laughs> oh, that was a spin-off. But the Hyper Island cult. Yeah. I mean, why is it a cult? Why do people say that uh, we're cultish? I think it's because of the rituals. I think it is these kind of <laughs> like... It? Yeah, of course. It's these like... <laughs> The check-ins and the TDSs and the energizers exactly and like this uh, these lingo. Uh, what do you think? Like it's, mm. and then of course it is also very hippie. We have meditated together exactly. quite a few times, sat with our eyes closed, sitting in circles. We have held hands. Yeah. We have looked in each other's eyes without reason <sighs> for thirty seconds. Yeah, um, we have cried together. We have. Dan a lot of dancing, lot especially at the beginning, a yeah. lot of dancing. Yeah. These weird energizers making weird animal sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, from the outside yeah. <laughs> perspective. Yeah, it's a lunatic. Uh, don't let your kids see that. No, that kind of thing. But it is a bit of a cult, you know. Yeah. It's uh, we have a uh, we have handbands now around exactly. us, around our wrists, uh, which was from like now looking back, that was one of the strongest yeah. like cult-ish things yeah. it was a very 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 last day just before graduation we stood in a circle the whole class and we had like a, a thread passed uh, through everyone's like our uh, hands and you have to like put the thread around your wrist a few times and then hold it and then one by one we're checking out with saying something that we want to tell to, to the whole class yeah what and we've then, learned from them how yeah, proud we are exactly and then we cut the 
the thread. I cut the thread. And we thread. checked out. And then we uh, tie it together. I remember it very... Like, it was beautiful. First, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. The first time someone cut uh, the like cut the band, it's like... Whew. Yeah. That's intense. It's like the... I get goosebumps oh. right now. Though. <laughs> I'm like... Whew. It was great. And like two years ago, I would just look at it and be like, what yeah. the fuck? I am not doing this. No, go, exactly. go, go away. I've had so many of those experiences throughout High Brian. Like, I'm not doing that. That's too stupid. That's too silly. I'm too cool for this. A half year later. Half year later. Woo. Look at me. All right. Oh, I think we've gone through it's the like ups and downs. Going through the memory lane. This is amazing. Mm, mm. Yeah. Jeez, if anyone I'm, I'm afraid that it becomes too in like uh internally like people don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, we're still talking about a school we're still talking about <laughs> if you lost track. I guess we need to summarize this. Yeah, let's a bit, summarize this. Right. So Hyper Island is a consultancy. It's a global network and it's also a school. It's also been called the Digital Harvard. It focuses on creativity, innovation, technology. Business, humans, creating effective teams, self-leadership, self-development, so everything things. within that. In a new way. Learning by doing. Lead the change. Doing something, reflecting about what you did, and then learn by that reflection. Experiential learning, it's Experiential called. learning, exactly. That's something. That's, that's you can important. Google that if you want. Google it. It's, uh, it's the best way to learn. <laughs> that's also something that we learn. Just Google it. Just Google it. Are we ready to check out? I think so. Yeah, let's do it. All right. B- before we before we check out, okay. I just want to say, for me personally, I think it's a great place. I am so grateful for everything I've learned at Hyper Island. It changed me as a professional and as a person. And um, I support it 100%. I'm not saying it's perfect. Nothing is. But mm. I, I recommend almost mm. everyone to do it. Mm. I think if... If you're stuck in a limbo at your work, if you're stuck in a limbo in your life, just go there and and figure stuff out. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you won't figure anything out, but you will learn so much about yourself and the way you want to work. And that is super cool. At the same time, I think people should... I think people should do something else before hyper. Either it's an educational job or whatever, just to kind of have that, also the, the idea of how it uh, actually works the re- in mm. the real life. Being because able to relate it to yeah. the real world. Because a lot of things are, of course, very utopian. utopian. Yeah. <laughs> very much like uh, in the best of the worlds, people would work like this. There's no limits on the resources. Just come up with the great ideas and stuff. And it's amazing because you get to work like that for a bit. And I other hand of course it's cool that you get a bit of a reality check yeah if you have the chance do something before and then then do hyper yeah that's just me good should we check out let's check out hmm? i want you to check out with your weirdest hyper island moment and i think i know which one it is for me yeah okay but you shared it before really yeah that whole thing with uh with the circle and Oh yeah, we told I mean, we told before. That was quite weird. Yeah. I can share that. Yeah, uh, we had uh, one of these uh, team development sessions that we talked uh, about before. It was in a, quite a big project, so I had like a ten people team, and I was a project manager. So, and we had a bit of a crisis moment where my leadership was failing, <laughs> and uh, and I guess the external facilitator kind of saw that, and what he he was trying to reinforce my leading or or the whole uh, idea that uh, everyone should respect me 
So what happened was that people were just standing around me and one by one saying, I will follow you because... This is where the cult thing comes in. (laughs) That was pretty intense, I have to say. Yeah, one of the weirdest things, definitely, that just people stand around you and say they will follow you. I mean, very ego-boosting experience. Felt great. You can handle it. Uh, But it was also super weird. What's yours? I'm having a hard time coming up with one because I think that there was many, but um, maybe I've luckily forgot them. I think there was a f- um, one that I want to mention that um, I think changed me a lot. And this is also very related to Sweden and politically correctness. Being able to say, uh, always say, um, not uh, him when you're talking about a boss, but always say him or her. Mm. Because you can't, otherwise you're creating norms. Yeah. Something that as a Danish person, I had a lot of trouble with. I mean, I went into a lot of battles the first three, <laughs> four months. Especially yeah. with one guy, which I grew to love very much, uh, a bit older. And we were sitting, having lunch at one time. I can say for the for the listeners who who, um, uh, who don't know me, is that I, I train, train quite a lot. So I'm fairly fit, in good shape. And then uh, this this guy, he uh, went for uh, his second dessert and uh, he had to uh, have grown a small little belly. And then I clapped him on the <laughs> belly and I was like, all right, someone's enjoying life. And then he just That's also a very Rasmus kind of yeah, thing to exactly, do at I the know. beginning of Hyper. Exactly. Okay. And then he looked at me and like, stop fat shaming me. <gasps> and I was like, am I fat shaming you? It was like that eureka moment, like, you're right. That's not a very nice thing. And then I reflected about it so many times afterwards. Yeah, you wouldn't like, say that to a girl, right? I would never like, say it to exactly. a girl, of course. But it summed up my Sweden political correctness hyper-island experience in one very tangible moment. The oh. moment where I fat-shamed someone without knowing it and then being told, now you're fat-shaming someone. And then I was like, I thought about it. I've, I've thought about it a lot and still do every now and then. Like, um, back to the whole thing with... The way that I act um, affect other people. Probably, maybe we, we both had a few of those moments where the whole political correctness yeah. kicks in, and because uh, it is a very Swedish very uh, aura where uh, everyone is allowed and everyone is supposed to mm. say their opinion and everything. Mm. Very inclusive. Very inclusive. Okay, let's not get back to the <laughs> bad things. <laughs> let's 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 wrap this up all right oh thank you for listening yeah please subscribe no you have subscribed by now please review us now you should review us give us five stars Uh, tell a friend go to apple Podcasts. review us uh, follow us uh, on the instagrams Uh, we're there as mill underscore at work and there's amazing content out there just saying it's it's lit to Eddie, talk the millennial been, uh, language really like killing the instagram story lately <laughs> if anyone has good feedback please send us a dm because i want to hear the good to words the DM. yes we're up for feedback cool uh read more about hyper island if you want to you know yeah. just google it hmm. and whatever else you want to learn also just google it Oof, great great uh, takeaway right there <laughs> what a way to end uh, a program uh, about learning end. by doing <laughs> Just fucking Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. But some things you can Google. Like what? Like self-reflection and self-leadership. You have to do that. Okay, I'm going to end with a quote. This is going to be so millennial, so Instagram. I'm going to end with a quote from the book that I just read. The Power of Moments, it's called. Do it. 
it says something like this. Insights rarely leads to action, but actions often leads to insights. Do you want to hear it again? No. Or did you get it? I get it. Do I? I don't know. I think so. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial.